0: Welcome to The Expert Speak, a service of the Florida Psychiatric Society. I'm Abby Strauss, and thank you for listening. Bullying is a serious and sadistic behavior. The word itself has an interesting history, some of it coming from bull-baiting of the bull into an action that results in people cheering on as the bull dies. The word also stems from heckling and teasing someone. These words are related to cutting apart or pulling apart something. Today joining us is Dr. Phil Heller, a psychologist in Palm Beach County, to talk about the psychological aspects of those who bully and those who are bullied. I remember in high school that one of our classmates had a prosthesis, and so she walked with a distinctive limp. I also remember one day at a football game that kids from another town were calling her peg leg. Fortunately, she was more mature than not, but I most distinctly remember that a group of us, not just one of us, approached the one who was making these nasty comments, and we said we didn't like it, so we backed off. I'm not certain that we changed his comfort zone, so to speak, in feeling free to make such comments and hurt other people. It was just that at that moment we overpowered him. So, Dr. Heller, what is bullying all about? Is that case that I just said representative of bullying?
1: Bullying has gone through transformations. Perhaps what you're talking about is an event that happened maybe 30, 40 years ago. Indeed, it did. But today it has become more severe and more efficient, if you will, that has created murder, and suicide. Can you elaborate? Bullying is an attack by others on someone who they may feel is weaker and may be in a position where they can't fight back. But in some cases, they do fight back either
0: toward themselves or to others, causing either a suicide or a murder. We've heard recently about the bullying that resulted in a posting on YouTube and a young man jumped off the George Washington Bridge. Uh, He was apparently gay, and that was a form of cyberbullying. I'd like to get to the notion of cyberbullying a little bit later with you. Why do people bully? Where does it come from?
1: Well, one reason is that it may start out in teasing. Now, teasing is on the line. Sometimes we just joke around in a playful way with our friend, but sometimes teasing has mean spirit. Teasing leads to an imbalance of power where one person is stronger than the other. It tends to humiliate. It demeans the other person. And the main goal of bullying is to diminish self-esteem and to humiliate or embarrass. You may remember a basketball game between the Detroit Pistons and the Indiana Pacers in 2004, seven years ago, and people still remember it, where one of the players was heckled and had beer thrown on him and he ran into the stand. Some people can't take the embarrassment or the heckling. In fact, when Jackie Robinson of the Brooklyn Dodgers was called upon to cross the color line, They chose him because he was a good ball player, but because he could handle the anticipated heckling. And he did so. He did a very good job. Now, some people cannot. You may remember April 20th, 1999, Columbine High School. Eric Harris and Dylan Claybold were considered murderers because they killed 12 and injured 18. But nobody knows that they were bullied called faggots and they were isolated from their peers. And at times, other students would spray ketchup on them, and because they couldn't wash it off, they had to go through school with the ketchup still on them, humiliated. So the bullying in this effect may have precipitated horrible behavior. It has. Now, you're talking about Pegleg, April 16, 2007, a student at Virginia Tech killed 32 people and wounded 25. He was a loner, and he was ridiculed because he had a speech defect, and he had anxiety. He turned into a mass murder at Virginia Tech. Now, some people can commit suicide like Phoebe Prince in Hadley, Massachusetts. There were two girls that together committed suicide in Minnesota because they could not take the bullying, the heckling, and the humiliation. There are a number of facts in bullying. It's not just one thing. There's verbal abuse and harassment. There's isolating the person from the peer group, spreading false rumors, sending threats by note or text or phone call, encouraging the peers to dislike that person. Physical abuse. Sometimes that is masked in some hazing. One young man at a private school was in his dorm room when three boys came in from another room, wrapped him up in a blanket, and pummeled him, saying, welcome to the class. The youngster had to be rushed to the hospital completed with bruises. When he was transferred to another school, he did not come out of the bathroom for seven weeks. His mother dropped him off at school, but he did not come out of the bathroom. She thought he was in school, the school thought he was being absent, Till we found out seven weeks later what had happened. A victim is plagued by continued threats by his peers, or they steal and destroy someone's property or they draw graffiti on the wall somewhere that they're constantly being humiliated. In some cases, a person is forced to do what they don't want to do, but the group is focused on him, targeting him, bullying him to see what they can make him do. The group is also part of the bullying because they egg the
0: actual bully to keep on going. Why, though? It almost speaks to a flaw or a deficit in human nature that people seem to enjoy this, or at least more so than maybe they accept. It's very frightening to hear these stories.
1: These individuals want power over somebody else. It doesn't necessarily have to happen in school. It happens in industry, too, or at home. There was a case I had done where a manager would ask his secretary to give him sexual favors, and he called her his wife at work. He totally demoralized her, but because she needed the job, she stayed with it until she finally filed a lawsuit. There was an, a major airline that bullied five of their employees claiming that they had stolen a customer's wallet. They forced three women and two men into a strip shirt, saying if they didn't do the strip shirt, they lost their job. Each one of those people had a family, and they were dependent on their job. This is something I call sadistic enforcement, and it's a bullying
0: in the workplace. But it seems like it's almost, can I go so far as saying accepted, or it's its a little bit like interrogations that the military does at times to get information. Yeah. The extent of it is not known, but I
1: think more and more people are becoming aware of what this is all about.
0: Could we go so far even to combine domestic violence under the umbrella of bullying, well, you find that the spouse is bullying the other partner in the
1: marriage and they're demoralizing the individual.
0: What happens to someone who is the victim of the malicious teasing or the actual bullying? What? Well, let's start with a child as someone's growing up in a home where they're constantly being ridiculed or there is some sort of handicap or deficit. Is there any sense of what sort of problems we would expect? It's almost like a post-traumatic stress disorder. Youngsters who
1: are bullied and may come from a home where they are bullied or their parents are not tuned in may present with stress related illnesses. They may have headaches, stomach aches, ailments, and compromised immune system. I have seen youngsters with headaches, diarrhea, wetting the bed at nine, ten years old because of bullying. They have a sense of isolation. These are the kids that are the last one chosen for a, a group activity in school. They feel like a typhoid Mary. Their reputation of being a, an outsider travels fast within the subculture. They have feelings of guilt, shame, and stigma, which cause them a great sense of helplessness and embarrassment. They have increased anxiety and also a hyperarousal as if they have post-traumatic stress. They're always anticipating the next attack. They have difficulty concentrating. They feel incompetent. They feel powerless. Many of them will avoid school. The youngster I told you went into the bathroom for seven weeks for the whole day. They become more schizoid. They avoid attempts of parents or teachers to return to school. Sometimes they're just afraid of the opinions of the other children. And a vicious cycle ensues that they just stop going to school. And, of course, they get lowered academic
0: achievement. So what happens then if a parent begins to see this? What sort of interventions work. It would seem that simply talking to the child may not be enough to change the actual bullying. There are two areas of intervention here, helping the victim of the bullying and dealing with the ones who are bullying. Where would one begin with either of these? A major aspect
1: of bullying is that the child is afraid to tell their parents because the bully may get them after school. We have to be very sensitive here. The parent needs to be in touch with the child. Communication is the key. First of all, they should check on the child's attendance. They may, like this mother who's young, still stayed in the bathroom for seven weeks, think the child is going to school, but doesn't know that they may have left the school or hide in the bathroom. They have to be in touch with the teachers. Did the child show a fear of going to school or a resistance to going to school? Have their child's belongings been vandalized? Have their books been cut up? Have their clothes been cut? Do they show bruises? Does the child have friends? Or is, is he avoiding bringing people home? Is he going to parties? Is he socializing?
0: So this is an important checklist of parents to have if they even suspect that there was some teasing or bullying that initiated. They need to have this checklist in their pocket and ready to go. Right. Does the child complain of headaches? Do they look sad? Are they
1: having problems sleeping? Does the child seem to be in a fog? Are they having trouble concentrating? Have their academic progress been affected? They may have been good students all along, and now all of a sudden there's a drop. What is causing the drop? Why are they avoiding school activities? Does the child talk about school events or daily activities
0: or friends? You know, it raises the issue also. A lot of these could be signs of depression or other phobias. The mixture here becomes very, very complex. And maybe if a kid had a little predisposition to depression for whatever reasons, and now they're being bullied, the chances of it going into a depression become even more so.
1: Now, there also is a neuropsychology of an adolescent.
0: Explain, please.
1: Now, you do see most of this happening in middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. We do know that the adolescent is forming an identity of what their values are, what they would like to be when they grow up, but the brain is not complete till about the age of 24. Right. And the nervous system is developing, and those little side streets that are taking impulses through the brain are now changing into superhighways. And the processing is strongest between the limbic system and the midbrain and the frontal lobes, which work on executive functioning and planning. But that's not totally formed when they are in middle school or high school. So the youngster of that age become is more impulsive. They feel a great deal of think they may react on things, and they don't really think things
0: through. That's the problem with the adolescent brain. So if a kid is being bullied, one of the things that we have to do is teach them as much as we can how to keep it in perspective or leave the scene of the bullying, if at all possible, those types of things. Right. But by the same token, we also need to teach them a mature
1: mean of how to deal with this rather than reacting, but try to problem solve. But Having that immature brain complicates it because the problem-solving is not mature. Now, what is maturity? Basically, maturity is ability to manage stress. And if you're under stress all day long from a bully and you are being heckled and in different ways or you are being tech continually or you are, go home and you see your, your name all over Facebook with bad rumors and things like that, what are you supposed to do? You're constantly being confronted with humiliation and embarrassment at a time of your life when you're trying to form an identity, and the opinion of others is very important. Friends are tantamount to everything in middle school and high school. And if you are considered the loser, the peg leg, what are you supposed to do? Do you take the anger inside of you and possibly lead to a suicidal situation? Or do you take it out violently and act out on the school community?
0: That's what's happening today because of stalking. The cyberstalking is an enormously technically advancing day-by-day reality of our society, but it's almost like this wonderful technique. I mean, technology is being misused.
1: Yes, it is. And it's being misused in a very efficient way. So now bullying is more efficient than when I went to school. Because when I was teased, at least I knew I could get home and hide in my house away from the bullies, And the door was shut and they couldn't come in. I had a sanctuary. Today, you have text messaging. You have telephones. You have the computer. You have Facebook. You're constantly being bombarded with horrible messages about what a
0: loser you are and how you don't fit into the community of the school. And then anybody can read these, and then you ever have a chance to give your side of the story, so to speak, and it just grows in its intensity. It appears to be true. It's like a factoid. It's not really true, but it becomes true because it's published. That's right.
1: And another big piece of it are the bystanders. What is the first thing a teacher should do when there were two boys fighting in the schoolyard? They should break up the crowd because it's the crowd that is egging the kids on. So if you disperse the crowd, you can deal with the two boys that are fighting. With bullying, you have a crowd, and everybody is getting into that impression of you as being a loser. Even innocent kids, they're picking up on the overall atmosphere. And there is something called groupthink, which is what we need to watch out for in gangs and in mob scenes, because what you might do in a group, you won't do individually because of the guilt. The guilt is dispersed through the group. So therefore, if everybody's kicking the guy that's down, everybody will kick him without any type of guilt. If everybody is harassing this one person, Okay, let's do it. Some bystanders may not get involved, but others encourage the bullying, and the bully feels successful that they have gotten everyone to hate
0: this one person they're going after. That's fascinating because if we get back to the cyberbullying, it's posted on Facebook or whatever social media. The person who's posting it doesn't actually have to look at the person who is being bullied face to face and be confronted with the reality of the person. It takes away the third dimension. It becomes only a one- or two-dimensional experience.
1: There's an anonymous factor to this that they don't really look at you, but you can get back at them without having your face
0: shown. This is very interesting, and I would like at this time to invite you back so that we could talk a little bit more about the psychology of the person who commits the bullying. Dr. Phil Heller is a psychologist in Palm Beach County in Florida. We've been talking about bullying and talking about a lot of the psychological and psychosocial dimensions that are attached here, some of them quite interesting. Dr. Heller, thank you so much for being with us.
1: Thank you.